Yeah, kid. Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Handsome Home Buyer Podcast. I am your host, Charles, aka the Handsome Home Buyer, aka Captain Permit, aka El Judío Maravilloso. For my gringo friends, that means the marvelous Jew. All right. <laughs> you know who else is marvelous? Speaking of marvelous things, Captain Permit. 516-513-8838. If you need permits, if you need plans, if you need anything especially apparently in the town of North Hempstead, which I'm having a little bit of a problem right now, but it's gonna be all okay. You need captain permit. If you're a realtor, if you're a mortgage broker, if you're a stockbroker, if you have a house, own a house, drove past a house, ever wanna buy a house or a commercial building, you need to know the captain, 516-8838. And if you have a house that smells like cat pee, has been dated from the 1960s, has six inches of mold on the wall, human waste running past the basement steps, land for development, you name it, real estate related, I'm easy, I'm low maintenance, I wanna buy it. 516-777, sold. All right, a lot of great things working uh, in the land of Handsome today. Got a five unit apartment building deal we just signed up this week. Getting very close on our built to suit commercial space in North Massapequa, working the healthcare angle. Very, very close. Signed the biggest commercial development deal of my life. Gonna be featured a little bit, little taste on the vlog today. Last week, and we got a ton of stuff in the pipeline. I'm super pumped, super pumped about today's guest, right? I don't really know today's guest really well, but I see what he's doing on social media, and I fucking love it, right? <laughs> this is no secret. I've been tell I've been actually talking about this a lot in the last like two, three weeks. Brokerage, huge. I feel in general in the brokerage community, there's a huge opportunity there, sure. right? I feel like the majority of the brokers are not servicing their people the way they are, the way they should. And that's when I see what you're doing. I'm like, here is a guy that is shattering the status quo, trying to make a difference, trying to offer to everybody, his clients, his agents, the world, what they've been lacking in the industry. So with that said, I'm going to introduce the man, the myth, my new friend, the self-proclaimed and proclaimed legend, Jason Ciano. Yes, sir. Saber Realty, Saber Life. That's right. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that we were able to make this happen, man. Have you ever had an intro like that? I absolutely have not. I'm still in awe. I, nice. uh, yeah. You can be honest. I'm looking for the honest feedback. No, no. What I mean is, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, it's important to make noise, right? Yeah. Um, that's what I do, and that's why I am where I am. I'm in the business now 18 years. Nice. So it's, it's not, you know, n nothing that's led up to where I am today is by accident. No. Um, so everything that I just witnessed is, is right up my alley. So awesome. Love that. Kudos to you also for being able to do that in front of me, where, you know, I don't think a lot of people would have the balls, to be honest, to just do what you just did. So. Uh -huh. I, I, I respect that majorly. I appreciate that. I think in the line of, I guess when you're being built wherever we're being built, I think there was like, um, maybe there was a glitch or like the filter person, the person that inserts the filter mm -hmm. in you yes. took a break or went to the bathroom or something because I'm missing it. Love that. Just like whatever's there is there. So um, I want to kind of like... I love that, but that could be a problem in brokerage, but continue. I, I guess in everything in life, you have to, it's a delicate balance, exactly. right? Exactly. It's like, I guess with real estate, with everything, it's much an art as it is a science. Yeah, but you have to, you know, uh, you have to be able to contain yourself, yeah. um, you know, to do what I do. There are plenty of times that I just want to tell people to go fuck themselves. I mean, you know, quite honestly. Yeah. But if I did, I would be a lot less successful. Um, nowadays, though, you know, based on kind of where I am, I can pick and choose who I want to do business with, mm -hmm. which is nice. Which is an awesome feeling, isn't it's it? A, it's an amazing feeling, and uh, it's it's an accomplishment, you know. Um, 
But having said that, you know, you can't always tell people exactly what you're thinking. I have a very, I have an inside voice, you know what mm. I mean? So I, I don't say everything I'm thinking uh, because I like, you know, obviously doing business. Have you ever had <laughs> one of those moments where like you said something and then you said it yourself or even out loud, like, did I just say that out loud? Or was that like, like you're like, oh, inside voice, but it just comes out and you're like, shit, uh, I didn't mean to say that like out loud? No, because I've learned to really, you know, focus on, uh, I'm I'm very I'm very self-aware. I understand my surroundings. I'm very good at understanding people, mm-hmm. um, so I can adapt really well to my environment, which I think is part of why I'm really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that I'm, you know, I have a lot of different superpowers, and mm-hmm. I lean on specific ones depending on my surroundings. What's your favorite superpower? Uh, the fact that I don't quit. So, yeah, I'm I mean, with that. Yeah, so I, I don't stop until the job is done, and I was, probably still don't stop after that. I was thinking about this the other uh, the other day. I'm like, what is like, what is it about my personality that's like that's me that that is my quote unquote superpower? Interesting, brought it up, and I'm like, mine is like I have this delusional vision, this delusional quality where I can like envision things that I want to happen so far in the future like I can see them like I can touch them mm-hmm. like right now the REIT the, not the REIT the um, private equity fund I want to open mm-hmm. is like it's right behind your shoulder like yeah, I can yeah, just yeah. reach over and touch it so I think it's very important like for people to have those and focus on your strengths well that's like quantum right if, if it, it it already happened essentially and exactly. then you're just kind everybody of else catching up to that yeah, yeah. exactly which I, I subscribe to the same thing I'm I'm such a a blind optimist. Mm-hmm. Thank God it works for me because again, I'm willing to put in the work and I'm intelligent enough to know what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are. And I surround myself with people that are good at my weaknesses or the shit. I might be strong at it, but I might not want to do it. Or you don't have the time because you can't Correct. be everywhere. Exactly. Like, I mean, you were, and that's what they're like, it's interesting. You said, I don't quit because when the interesting thing about social media is like, when I said in the intro, I'm like, I don't know you, but I know I like what you're doing, but I feel like I know you. Yeah. Because I watch you every day. Correct. By the way, can I get a follow back, bro? Absolutely. I haven't followed you back. No. Oh, dude. I felt a, there was a little no was a moment there. Listen, we shook right. we, we shook hands. <laughs> where this is now real. So I'll, absolutely, man. There might there, there'll be a hug and embrace. There, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward. to I'm it. Sicilian. What are you? What's your background? Uh, Italian, Irish, and German. There you go. Yeah. Nice. I actually have. You can't see it right now because I me- I tried to sh- to buzz it to. I'm trying to get on your level with the beard. Yeah, like yeah. typically, I'm like, dude, has he lined it up? And I'm trying to line it up today, and like it went like this. Yeah. So I'm like, fucking, now I got to start all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my beard I, is actually red. Is it really? So we yeah. like, I was like, this is great. We right? got this thing, inverted thing going. Oh my but now, god, I would have been so impressed. So when you I t- th- you totally fucked that up. I, um, I really fucked that up. Having said that, I haven't shaved to skin probably in over a decade. So yeah. I don't, yeah. So I don't. You know, it's it, it's. Something that's completely foreign to me. I hate not having facial hair. Really? Um, Doesn't itch? Not at all. I think when you get to a certain stage, it's just there. I think you're right before the itchy stage. I I, this is actually long right now. Yeah. Yeah. After that, you're gonna start to. But yeah, I'm getting a haircut later, so you you know, got to tighten everything up. When I think about you, the first thing that comes to my mind is very disciplined, right? And and I assume that that goes for every aspect of your life because again I feel like I know you yeah, watching yeah. you on TV 24-7 so it's the, like the Kardashian effect right yeah. it's like Jim you seem to have an excellent work-life balance whatever that means to whoever else like family children etc 
just relentless drive and ambition within work. I kind of want to, I'm curious to know, like, you know, your background, where you came from, like, if you can give me the quick kind of rundown, like, you've been in the business 18 years, that's yeah. a lot, bro. Yeah. Like, you're a local Long Island guy, you grew up out here? Yeah, so I'll give okay. you kind of, you know, the quick and, and dirty. So, uh, grew up in, in uh, Huntington. Okay. Um, went to college uh, in Arizona, so that was kind of my first time, uh, aside from snowboard camp in Mount Hood, Oregon, before that, first time really kind of venturing out of, of Long Island. Where'd you go to school? University of Arizona. I heard it was free. I heard it's bananas, bro. Oh my god! I heard it's like to anybody listening uh, that went to U of A, please comment. Uh, bear down, by the way. It was. Is that the one Lake Havasu? Yeah. Did you go to Lake Havasu? Of course. And Memorial Day weekend, Lake Havasu. Did, how, was, how old are you? Uh, Forty-two. Okay, so we're like we're right there. I'm thirty-nine. Okay, we're right there. Yeah. Um, bro, MTV. Lake Havasu. Oh, All I wanted to do was be there. You were there. You were that guy. I was guy. there. Yeah. I mean, you know. So I was. A, I was a DJ. So and and a like a club promoter. You know, always up in the scene. Yeah. Um, ran Hamptons share houses. You know, after college and stuff do you like know that. Christian Arcielo? I don't. No. I don't think so. You know the guys from Catch? Any of those guys? Yeah, of Came course. from Hofstra? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All nice. those guys. Yeah, yeah. Small world. Um, Eugene and yeah, Joey yeah, yeah, yeah. Angelo and that whole crew. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm still heavily involved in the restaurant world, you know, yeah. based on what I do. Um, and now that restaurant world is, you know, hospitality is converted to fitness, which is obviously also what yeah. I do. So Eugene and company are, are, are rumble, rumble boxing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, man. I you know Lake Havasu. If anybody knows me, you know there's nothing that surprises me or shocking me. I was considered probably one of the craziest guys at Arizona. So I've calmed down quite a bit. Um, Imagine and, kids uh, at yeah. a little bit of age will do that to you. Oh, absolutely, and, and, and just growing up, you know, uh, maturing. But it was I couldn't think of a better college experience. The yeah. people that I met there uh, were just you know unbelievable. I have amazing friends. Uh, from college today, I'll be in LA with a lot of them uh, next weekend for Memorial Day weekend. So I'm super pumped to to see them. And it's funny because as a result of doing that, you know, the country became a lot smaller to me, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I have friends all over the place, not just on the East Coast nice. uh, per se. And and that ties into my national advisory work. You know, I have I have contact. The, it, the world of business is about networking, right? It's who you know, not necessarily what you know, and everybody mm-hmm. knows money. And I've I heard that at a very young age, and I've spent most of my life networking and just meeting as many people yeah, as possible. Smart. And that's what social media is to me, right? It's basically shaking hands at scale. So, yeah. um, so I get back from Arizona, and uh, unfortunately, my, my mom has cancer. She passes away. Um, my family was in the automobile business, so I grew up. You know, not wanting for anything, so to speak. Had a oh, great. Me too. I was in the car business. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, great childhood. You know, amazing, uh, amazing uh, family. The whole everything that anybody could ask for. And uh, when my mom passed away, uh, I was probably maybe a year and a half or so out of college. And uh, I decided before that that I wasn't going to go into the family business. My father was, uh, you know, dealing obviously with with his wife being sick. Yeah. And when she ultimately passed, he like kind of went off the deep end, moved to Florida, got remarried, um, and that you know, like like a any abrupt kind of fast thing that when you're dealing with tragedy, um, you know, that just kind of changed the dynamic of the family. So for me, I was 24 and. 
again, I had a, a tendency to just go out and party and DJ and mm-hmm. be up all night and, and sleep, you know, half the day essentially. And I knew that if I didn't decide what I was going to do with the rest of my life at that stage, I was probably not going to have a very long life. So that's where the discipline comes from. So it was literally me kind of one day waking up and being like, dude, if you don't get your shit together now and stop feeling sorry for yourself, which your mom obviously wouldn't want, yeah. um, you're not, not going to amount to shit or it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a rough road ahead. So it's interesting that you say that because I, maybe like two weeks ago, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if I look back, and this was like, I don't have kids, I'm not married, so like, I'm never in a position to tell anybody how to raise their kids. Right? Sure. But I was just thinking about children in the future and like kids that I know and friends that I have that have kids and I'm like, people work really hard to shelter their children from emotionally painful situations, sure. right? At the same time, when I look back on my 39 years, the truly like gut-wrenching emotional situations that I experienced in my life were where the greatest growth came from. Facts. Absolutely, right? yeah, of course. So it's it's interesting so that you're, and I always like to get in people's heads to kind of see what drives them, what makes them mm-hmm. tick. It's fascinating for me and I, and I respect that. So I guess... And you can go one of two ways. You could be someone like yourself who is in the middle of, I mean, extreme emotion. You lose your mother. I mean, yeah, it doesn't, of course. There's, there's nothing worse than that. Yeah. Let's, Literally, you know, yeah. At a very young age. And then you could either have said, I'm going to party, get wasted, and just become a mess. Yeah. Right? Or I can use it as a springboard to propel the rest of my life, which is what you did. Totally. And, you know, it wasn't an easy decision. I started going down the first path. And got myself in trouble, you know, just got to a point where I was, I had to make that choice, right? Yeah. And I, and I, I hit rock bottom. Um, was there like a moment? Like there was. Do you yeah. remember the actual moment? Yeah, man. I, using your t-shirt as a pillow in jail is not, <laughs> is not, uh, that was, that was the moment, man, you know? So for me, wow. um, you know, it was, I, I hit rock bottom and speaking of Hempstead, you mm-hmm. know, I spent, uh, two nights in Hempstead, which is not for the faint of heart. You must have um, gotten... What was it? You got busted on a sat? Was it a I Friday? got busted on a Friday, so, and oh I was I was God. such I was such an arrogant, cocky asshole that they made an example of me. Wow! And they, and they should have, honestly, because mm-hmm. you know the reality is looking back at it. You know, I had I there was nothing for me to lose, and that's yeah. how I was walking around. Because honestly, yeah. at that point, I didn't care if I was dead or alive. Like facts, couldn't care wow. less. Which is a very very interesting and scary position to be in because you know my mother was my north star and regardless of if i did anything stupid in the past she would look at me and that was it you know and i was back on the straight and narrow um so without having her in my life or even the presence of her i i like started to go off the deep end seriously yeah is she like there are these people that just have like they don't have to yell they don't do anything they just have like a polarizing look did she was one of those people that she'll just look at you and be like you're like like you know all my friends she was the second mother to like everybody in my life so she was just one of these people that anybody who ever met her knew she was like an angel seriously she was she italian she she was german okay yeah she was german so she was you know anybody's life that she touched she was just one of those people that everybody knew she was special so i was super fortunate to have that into my you know early 20s yeah. um, and then having that ripped from you is a very you know it's like having that blanket as a kid that yeah. gives you comfort and then it being lost and you know a kid freaking out um, but times a million so yeah. for me you know I'm not again I'm not ashamed of anything that I've done and no, you, pe- it, you know it, it's uh, it's why I am who I am and it's also why 
I can enjoy spending time with the CEO of a major company that's a client of mine or literally the people that come through and clean the office at 8 p.m. at night and I have the same amount of respect for. Well, and also just understanding the value of life and realizing how short or how long, you know, when you're budgeting for your day, dealing with your children, et cetera, et cetera, right? right? We all want to go like 150 miles an hour. Like I have this vision public private equity fund that's part of the reason why I'm not married part of the reason I don't have any kids sure for you to achieve what you have and then balance that you have that work life balance is 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 got to be difficult it's not easy yeah it's not easy but i look at it as you know i'm at a point now where um, you know i've i've developed and built this lifestyle for myself where yeah. you know i'm able to the first thing i do when i get up you know i'm working from the minute that i wake up uh, getting a workout in. What time work- do you wake up? Are you like a four thirty? Hell no, guy? No. Oh, right. no, dude. I based on like the the history I told you, I basically used to sleep you know all day and 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 wait be up all night. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, early is like six fifteen. That's still which pretty early, my, man. Yeah, and it's funny because I was thinking about this morning. You know, there's there's so many people that are like so proud that they wake up at like four thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I like it, what drives me nuts in life are people that are busy and not productive. I don't yeah. give a shit when you wake up. Yeah. I don't give a shit when you go to sleep. What the fuck did you do today? That's true. Right? So, like, that's what drives me nuts, man. I, I literally accomplish in a day what I think most people accomplish in a week. And maybe a month, right? So, so I can learn from this. Because, like, I just... This whole thing for me is about, like, I like to bring cool people on who I want to get to know and talk to and kind of, like, understand what they do. So, I know I'm good at and I know what I'm suck at, right? Yeah. I'm an idea guy, I'm a salesman, I'm a money raiser, I'm, you know, I'm a let's go and do a guy. But I lack organizational skills and I understand that that's important, right? So like to your point, you hire or develop what you lack. So how regimented like is your is your day? Do you like like I had Juan Baranecci on the other day and he's like, "My whole life is set up in 30-minute blocks." No. He's like, "I'm curious to know how yeah. you cuz you're doing a lot of shit. Like yeah. how do you manage that?" Uh, I'm I'm an amazing multitasker, yeah. right? So I'm, I'm I'm an amazing multitasker. Any task that I have to accomplish in a day is here, mm-hmm. and it I won't go to sleep until they're all done. So I don't give a shit what time they're done, okay. unless I have a deadline specifically. And if I do, I'd never miss a deadline, right? But I also mm-hmm. have an amazing team that I've built over the last 18 years, yeah. and a lot of those people have come over to Saber. Saber is now eight years. Um, so, you know, I'm fortunate to have a lot of people that I worked with closely before I started my own company and attracted them over. So, so that kind of like to bring us back, right. To bring us back. It's like you're 24 years old, mom passed sleeping on a, on a, on a, in a a jail cell (laughs) with your t-shirt. Yeah. Humbling moment. To say the least. Yeah. When does real estate come into the picture? And then how does that evolve yeah so uh so i had so one of my best friend's brothers uh was working at breslin okay and i was in the city working in the city playing in the city i had a job uh for a company called 24 7 media which was online advertising okay and uh interesting like it was a job that i took because i'm not so tech savvy Mm -hmm. because i wanted to learn more about it which is what your 20s are really about which is what i'm always doing you know so i'm i'm like uh I'm just a student of, of life, mm-hmm. you know, so, and I never look at anything as a waste of time, right? So anything, any, which is, again, kind of like what makes me, you know, me. Um, and as I get older and, and achieve more and become, quote unquote, more successful, I still operate that way. Like, I'm not too good for anything, 
you know, and that's the only way I think you could be good at, you know, I grew my company from scratch because I, I understand how to do literally everything that mm-hmm. needs to get done. Somebody calls in sick, I can do it as good as them. Yeah. So Which, you ever read the book, the E-Myth, the E-Myth Revisited? I have not, have but I'm aware of it? of it. Yeah. So yeah, franchise. So it's like, it's, everyone has three personalities. They say they have the worker mentality, the manager mentality, the entrepreneur mentality. Yeah. They say, regardless of which business you set up, you should design it like a franchise. Uh, going back to the car thing, I was fortunate enough to realize this in real life. Uh, you know Mako on TV? Sure, uh, of course. Mako? Yeah. So I owned the one in Hempstead oh, nice. for 10 years from the time I was 23 until I transitioned into real estate, yeah. 34. So I got to see that model and then I'm reading that book and they're like, basically what you should do is know how to do every job yep. and then write a manual and hire to replace yourself, yep. which is exactly what you innately know how to do. You want to you want to work on your business, not in your business. Yes. You want to get to a point where you can do that, right? Because I'm also... I am an entrepreneur. I, I get, you know, what, what keeps me excited in life is, is learning businesses mm-hmm. and understanding why and how they thrive. And today I've grown into uh, an advisor for founders and entrepreneurs, nice. you know, for the most part. That's what I would describe my job as, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have to what makes me good at the tenant rep side of the business is anytime I'm working with a company like Starbucks Coffee, who I've represented mm-hmm. for 15 years, um, you know, I literally think about Starbucks Coffee's development as if I'm Howard Schultz. Like, I'm, you know, and and when I'm with a client, they're my only client, right? Yeah. They don't know that I work with other companies. Which is why they value the way Yeah, of course. But it's also because I know I can't be really good at what I do and add the value that I need to add to that company if I'm not all in, right? So I have the ability, again, to multitask and also change hats and 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 basically act as if, again, you know, when I'm focused on one company, I'm thinking about with Starbucks, AM, coffee, traffic, access, visibility, parking, mm-hmm. right? And then I switch gears to a different client that's totally different, PM, whatever, and I can do it as well as I can, you know, the Starbucks thing, right? So over the years, I've been able to just adopt and adapt and, um, you know, become really good at focusing on the growth of other companies as if I own them. That's how I approach everything. And, you know, to, to get back to how I got into real estate. So, you know, it was, it was through a friend's brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, you know, he was at Breslin. Breslin owns 9 million square feet of shopping centers, primarily Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to meet Ken Breslin, the founder of the company, uh, the founder of the brokerage business, his father, Wilbur Breslin, uh, pioneer of, of, uh, of retail real estate, you know, built the first front field parking shopping center on Long Island. Like, wow. he's just a pioneer, right? So, How many years ago um, was that? Uh, he's in the business 50 years. Okay. So, yeah, 50 plus years at this point. So, um, so that was, I, I also, at the same time, was starting to look at other companies. I was living in the city, working in the city. So I went to meet with the, you know, the big folks, the Cushmans, the CBs, the JLLs. Um, And then after meeting with Breslin, I realized that A, there's a lack of talent on Long Island. Okay, so I'm not the smartest guy by any means, don't claim to, and quite honestly don't want to be because I've fired more smart people than I have hardworking people. Um, so I met Kenny and he said, you know, we'd love to have you. I said, that's great. You know, what, what, what will you pay me? He's like, what do you mean pay you? You know, you're 1099, we'll give you a desk, a phone and a computer and, mm-hmm. and you know, you're on your way. 
I was making $42,000 at that time. This was 2000, 2000, mm-hmm. um, shit. 2000, 2001. So I was making crazy good, time too. Like, crazy time. A lot of shit was about to go down. Like you don't even know. Like, yeah, you I know lost now, my mom and then like right into 9-11, bro. Yeah, recession. Oh, like it. Everyone's it's like terrible. city craziness. Terrible. Like Crazy. So that's why I ended up, uh, you know, really wanting to move out of the city. And, you know, dude, after... 9-11. Were you in the city during 9-11? Yeah, I was in the city, living in the city. I watched the plane fly, wow. the second plane fly into the Trade Center from the 32nd floor of 32nd Broadway. And uh, wow. it, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was just I see terrible. you going to that place right now. I just, oh, my, I, just yeah, saw you I literally like, did. He's there right now. I literally did. And you know what? Like I ran down, I, I took the elevator down from the, the building, the office building I was in, 24-7 Media, which is a few blocks from Penn Station. I ran straight down the street, straight down into Penn Station and nobody knew what happened yet. So the people coming out of Penn Station, so mind you, it's 8.30 a.m., yeah. right? I already, I had my coffee at my desk ready to go. And I take off after seeing what happened. I'm like, yo, man, the city's getting... This is the first of many, right? It was crazy. So I ran down into Penn Station. Everybody's coming up. And I see a friend of mine coming up from his morning commute who works at my company. He's like, where the hell are you going? I'm like, dude, just fucking leave. And just I took off. And I literally was one of the only people getting onto a train. And it was a very bizarre you know everything slowed down it was nuts and then all of a sudden it was like myself and like three other people on the train and I'm just waiting for the doors to close Mm -hmm. and it was a sea of people trying to get onto the train and it was just chaos from that moment we I'll never forget a a fireman gets on the train and the train packs out we're like the last train that they let out of pen we get out of pen and I watched the first tower fall. Wow! It was insane. From as you're coming out to Long Island? Yeah, we're in, we're literally all looking at it, yeah. and you know, seeing the smoke and the fire dead and everything quiet else. On the train? Dead quiet, and the fucking tower drops. Holy shit! And it was the craziest thing I've ever seen with my own eyes. And from that point, then the fireman's radio goes off. Okay. And the Pentagon was hit. It was just it was yeah insane. Insane, but I mean, what a crazy time. That is nutty. Nutty. So did you go back into the city or was that, were you like, I'm done with it? I went back into the city and uh, there were anthrax and bomb scares in our building literally every day, sometimes two a day. Were you around any of like, where was your office wasn't anywhere close? I was on 32nd Broadway, right by, you know, Empire State Building, Penn Station. Was that stuff blown all over the place? Like It was, there was just, do you remember like all the anthrax scares? Do you remember? Like being in the city, it was so evident, you know, like I'll never yeah. forget after I took the train out of the city, right? I stayed in Long Island for okay. probably two or three nights. Okay. And then I went back to the city because we had friends that were missing in the Trade Center. So Did you we, lose friends in that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Not not close friends, but friends of friends. Yeah. And, you know, I had friends that were in the in thank God that got out. Yeah. And um, you know, uh changed their lives. You know, a lot of them moved out of moved to the West Coast. Um, like right after that just changed their entire life just 
which is not surprising. Um, but uh, so I went back in, and I'll never forget. You know, the armory was set up for missing people. And, yeah. You know, so we went and we, you know, flyered and, you know, walked around. And, and, and it was crazy because the city streets were closed and they were just military vehicles and fucking tanks coming down Park Avenue. Like, just, and I wish I had, like, I, 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 I wish and I don't wish that I had photos of, you know, from that time. Yeah. Um, I'd rather not look at that, you know, and just kind of remember it and, and you know, yeah. um, and just, you know, accept it for what it is. But, you know, it was just such a, I, it was like a movie set, you know, every day. It's just um, crazy. And I, after that point, I'm, I'm moving out of the city, and that was it. Wow. Yeah. Again, like it just it just seems like as I get older, most massive changes in people's life come from an extreme experience of some kind. Yeah. And there's like, so now I'm at the point where I kind of like, uh, not that I want it, but I welcome it. Like when something like that happens, I sit in this and I'm like, all right, something's gonna like let me really feel this. Sure. Because something awesome is gonna happen on the other side of this you know pain or crazy experience or whatever it's, it's a, a lot of people refer to it as like a hurdle moment right okay. so everybody it's funny when you meet high functioning people mm-hmm. there's typically something there's typically an event yeah you know some experience or multiple events or mo- that yeah, of course, course of course and if you were on my podcast i'd ask you now what yours was but mm-hmm. i don't know if that's my place so there's no go. rules on the hand. <laughs> just go. I, it's you know up to you. I basically indirectly asked you if you want to answer. That's that's. What's my hurdle moment? Yeah, yeah. What for you was that moment that that? Uh... There's a bunch of them. So I guess my biggest, most recent moment is is to make this kind of short. Yeah. I was sort of married once. Okay. Right. Actually, no. There's two. There's two real quick moments. I was in business. I owned the Mako. I was there for ten years, and. My, I was, I was in it, but like, you know, my dad was my partner in it, and some craziness happened with the business that I was unaware of, and I was kind of like thrown to the fire, and I had to deal with it on my own, and I was totally unaware of what was going on, and at that moment, I kind of, I realized that, not like nobody, your whether it's your parents or people you looked up to, whatever it is their reality is not your reality, sure, right, and they don't know everything. Because there's certain people in my life that I would look up to and I would say, if they thought it was a good idea or a bad idea, mentors and things, I'd be like, all right, I'm not going to do it. Because I always come up with these crazy ideas. Yeah, like, sure. I want to build this, I want to build that, and like, nah, I don't like it. So it was, it was stifling to a certain point. But when that happened, and there were certain people around me that were pushing me in a certain direction, I realized, you know what? They're not necessarily smarter than me or no more, than whatever it is. Sure. And they did the best they can, but their reality as a 50-year-old, 70-year-old, whatever age they were, is not my reality as a 30-year-old. So I'm like, now let me take control of my own life. Sure. And then that kind of fire started to build. Yeah. And then I was in real estate. I've been in real estate for five years. This okay. is my sixth year. Okay. So, and I wanted to flip houses. And I was like, kid, you can't do it. Fast forward, you know, last year I did 97 houses. The year before I did 67 houses. Amazing. Basically, biggest flippers on Long Island. Amazing. But in the middle of that, I sort of got married. Okay. Right? To a, and when I say sort of, what I mean is I had a crazy wedding. I didn't bring the marriage license. I was with this girl for seven years. I didn't bring the marriage license um, because it wasn't, we didn't make it part of the ceremony. My CFO was sitting right over there, got ordained as a minister to marry (laughs) us, right? And then to make this essentially a long story short, we had, we got married, went on the honeymoon, came back. She went out with her girlfriends because she loves to salsa dance, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you know this, but I was Latino in a previous life. I think Dominican. <laughs> but so she went out to dance with her girlfriend. It's seven in the morning. I can't find her. I'm like, where are you? 
She calls me, hysterical crying. She comes home. She says, I don't want to be married, and I think we should break up. A week after the wedding, right? A day back from the honeymoon. Been together seven years. No signs of anything crazy. I'm in that moment where I look around, and I'm saying to my friends and my parents, I'm like, yo, what did I miss? I had to miss something. Right, 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 What did I miss? And they're like, we didn't see it. So I've struggled with that and finally made my peace with that over the last couple years of like, what the hell happened? Sure. But in that moment, so here's the interesting part. That was my third year in the business. So first year I did, bought 10 houses. Second year I bought 11. Almost got, almost got married, almost got divorced. We stay together, because I'm like, what's going on? Three, four months down the road, I find a picture on a computer, I find that she was cheating on me. Okay. Right? Then it adds up. That adds up like, yeah, the fault let's say six, eight months yeah. past that. Yeah. So now I'm in the third year. Which is probably therapeutic in a way, where you're like, okay, now I'm not crazy, this is what was going on. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, because here's what women have the ability to do, or maybe people, I can't just say women. You ever been in a situation where you're like, I know I got you, but they're so good at being, like, they would say to you, like, what do you mean? Like, they make you feel like you're crazy almost? Yeah, of course. Do you know what I'm saying? I, absolutely, but I think at a certain point, you just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at this isn't right, I'm fucking out. You know, that's that because at a, on a certain level, it doesn't matter what somebody says to you. It's just, you know, I didn't sign up for this. And I'll, of course, you, I wish you nothing but the best. Have a great life. But you I know, guess that, that's kind of I, I hear what you, I'm, I wasn't in the situation. So everybody. Yeah. So everybody's wired differently. <clears throat> and a thing that I learned in that moment is what you think or say you're going to do in a certain situation and what you actually do or yeah, how you react are very different. But the point of that is. So we're staying together. I find that. I'm like, what the hell? I come home like right after that. And it was, I remember it was, what was it? July 28th. We had lived together in Long Beach and her name was on the lease because I was doing so many deals. I'm like, let me keep stuff out of my name sure, yeah. for refis and all that. Yeah. She's like, I have to talk to you. She's like, I'm, I'm leaving you and I didn't re-sign the lease like I told you two weeks ago and we have to be out in two days. So I'm just like, that's it. Like, we're just, like... Yeah, of course. Explodes. So, to that point, that year, so that's almost halfway through the year, a little more, I bought 10 houses. When she left in the five months after that, I bought 30 houses in the next five months. And the next year, I bought 67 houses. So, that crazy, emotional, just gut-wrenching disaster propelled me to where I am and where I'm going. Yeah, which is very similar similar uh, to what happened to me when I lost my mom. It was, and, and what catapulted me to where I am. Because if I wasn't working, I was concerned about where I'd be spending my time and energy, right? So I literally got to a point where I would literally just work. Um, and, and, and by the way, I loved it. Um, so I just became so passionate and obsessed with yeah. what I do that, you know, I, I just think it was tough for, if I was pursuing anything, I, you know, fortunately based on the fact that I took the, the, you know, I, I started completely from the bottom with a desk, a phone and a yeah. computer and just the rest was on me and, you know, love me or hate me. You kind of, if you're in my business, you kind of have to respect me because nobody handed me shit. 
Um, so, which is the best part of it. Yeah, which is great, and which is also why I didn't go, go into my family business, right? Yeah. So, you know, for me, I also knew my dad and I would, like, never be able to work together, and I just thought it was best for us to be father and son, um, because I, I just know it wouldn't have gone well. So we're both very, you know, uh, we probably stubborn and, and you know... Uh, I, yeah, thank God that never happened. I t- but I chose the the more difficult path, mm-hmm. which today is amazing. Yeah. But you know, eighteen years later, it's the struggle. <laughs> like you know, people see you as you know, Saber doing what you're doing, the technology, the social media, the the nationwide exposure. You know, the huge nation national companies, but they don't see the eighteen years of shit. No, they don't see like the blood, the sweat, the tears. Like there are definitely moments in your day and your life where you're just like. What the fuck? Like, yeah. what is going on? I'm sure there's slight moments of doubt, but like, you know, people like us, we just, we just, we're always seeing that goal in the future. Yeah. I, you know what it is, though? It's like for me, you know, every, the same way for you, where, you know, people would impose their opinions and views on you. Mm-hmm. You know, when I took a job that was fully commission based, no health insurance, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my father was like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're crazy. It's outside of most people's realities. It is. And, and I get that. And, you know, to each their own. But I, you know, I did sacrifice a lot. You know, I went from a nice salary as a young person mm-hmm. to nothing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I moved into a garage apartment in Medford and drove to Garden City every day and you know I I straight up bootstrapped everything I've done and the, the what I what I think is interesting is that you know I grew up like I said in a, in a from I came from a wealthy family so mm-hmm. it was you know it was basically having experienced the better things in life you know up until like I said I graduated college and then all of that being ripped away with zero support you know um, so it was a little bit uh, it was a lot of a lot of bit out of necessity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so people, a lot of people will say to me, Jay, like you know, like how did you do what you've done and out of necessity, dude? Like you know, I wanted to one day to be able to have these nice things, and you always want better for your kids, right? Yeah. So for me, that's my why, right? So I get up in the morning to try to provide for my kids, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put them, you know, into. Mm-hmm a position to win if they so choose to get into a specific business or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But I'll I'll set them up to not have to go through what I went through. So that's basically the... So the, the, I'm thinking a bunch of things right now. Yeah. Like I'm similar in the sense that like my parents were absolutely amazing. Yeah. My father owned successful businesses. I had a very privileged, easy life. I would argue too easy. Like I say to my parents... I'm oh, me say, too, yeah. And I'm like, you guys gave me too much. Yeah. I wish you hadn't because I actually feel like it's a handicap. Right? Sure. But most people in our situation, or most people on Long Island that are relatively well off, it's 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 a very affluent place, yeah. right? You don't find a lot of people that have the fire. So I'm curious to know, like I'm in a similar situation to you. For you, like, how do you grow up affluent but have the hunger of a guy that never had anything? I have a hunger, you know, that's beyond a guy who never had anything, I think, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's really weird because I don't do any, I couldn't give a shit about what other people think. And I think you could see that, you know, through my social media presence and just the fact that I'm real, right? So, 
Um, if you're meeting me, you're not meeting me who's showing you're up to do your podcast, yeah. you know, uh, and putting on a different persona. You're meeting me, and and I'm gonna say whatever you know I feel like saying to the point of not having a filter, right? Um, because I'm myself in every aspect of my life, you know. And the same way with my kids. And you mentioned it earlier, a lot of people want to shelter their kids. You know, I'm heavy into hip hop. I love music. Um, you know, I thought that I was a gangster when I was younger. You know, type of you know, listen. I'm from Long Island. This is not shocking, <laughs> right? You went to Hofstra, so I don't I don't have to explain it to you. Um, but uh, you know, but literally, you know. My, my, one of my sons is like, you know, he, he raps and like, you know, nice. like he and I hang out, like we're the same age and I don't know nice. what age that is, but that's awesome you know, though. Abs- I would have it no other way, yeah. but it's like, you know, you want what's better for them, but I also don't want, I don't want to shelter them. You know, I, a lot of my whole family, their kids are all in private schools, you know, yeah. and, and for me, you know, I think it's very important for my kids to understand all, all realities and not be sheltered to, you know, just one type of, uh, of person, so to speak. I think that, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you're elite and you want for nothing and you're never going to want for nothing, fine. Yeah. But I think that people that grow up in that environment, a very sterile environment, yeah. if they ever are faced with a reality that I was, they they're just, fucked. They lose it. That's what fucked. I'm saying. It's like sending How the something hell are out you to gonna, be slaughtered. Absolutely. Like, yeah. listen, this world is not, it's not pretty, man. No. You know, like, and if you, like, at the end of the day, nobody fucking cares. Okay, like if and you have to realize that at, at a relatively young age to be successful, mm-hmm. if you're focused on what other people think, right? And and uh, and focused on this person's gonna, if I do the right thing by them, they're gonna give me this opportunity. Dude, you know, you're gonna be waiting a long time. And maybe you do get lucky, you know, and you're dealing with people that, that uh, wanna help you and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, nobody cares and you're, you have to be focused on how to better yourself. Um, and that's what I spend my day doing, right? I have a very important question. You yeah. have two boys, right? Two boys, seven and four. This is a hugely important question. Uh-huh. How did you get the boys? <laughs> Meaning, if I have kids one day, I don't want to have boys, right? So I need uh-huh. you to bring yourself, like you were just visualing the yeah. 9-11 thing. I want you to bring yourself back to the moment of conception. I'll tell you how. And I need to know what I got to do it, to get it, it done. It's very easy. Right. Have the ultimate respect for women. And that's how you have boys? Yeah. It's not deep into the left it's or think the, about think about it. somebody it's, or no? It's the guys who like treat girls like shit all the way through high school and college and take advantage and so on and so forth that typically end up with all girls. That's what everybody... Oh, the, what, why... No, if, if I have so like, many dickhead listen, friends it, that dog women out and ran trains really? on and have boys. Yeah! <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's my... All right, that's my experience, okay? But what, a little drunk. Well, think about this. Something. Because, because everybody says, like, you know, if, if you're, like, a super player, right, right okay. and, and you did exactly what you just said, oh, yeah, everyone is like, oh, you're going to have girls. No! You're totally going to have girls. I have a I have a friend, right? He actually came up... I'm the handsome home buyer, right? He came up with that... He, he came up with that thing, right? He's 6'3", super good looking, got a 12-inch hammer, legit, I've seen it, it was an accident, but whatever, I was, you know, whatever, okay. doesn't matter. Really good looking guy, every girl loved this guy, uh-huh. he ran trains on everybody, not in a bad way, this kid just, boys, boys, boys. Bro, you're yeah. dropping insane nuggets on the podcast right now, but you let me down with that one a little bit. 
Uh, you know what? 99 I, yeah. out of 100 ain't bad. Don't worry. You, well, because I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I, I told you about the filter, right? Before we started the podcast, We're I told about you answer. about the filter. We're talking about the I'm, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to stick with my answer, man. And listen, one day when you're at my stage and you have the two boys, mm-hmm. if you get there, you'll understand. I'll leave it at that. What's going to happen is... You don't know what it's like to be a parent until you are one, right? You don't know... So I love people that that haven't done... That... that, First off, I have no interest in being giving me advice, right? Like people who have not achieved, in my mind, shit. Okay. Giving me advice on how I should do things, right? The same way that I think it's interesting that, you know, people... And this isn't... I'm just going off on a, on a, on a tangent. I think that people again, like to impose their views on, it's funny, until you have a kid, it's like, you have no idea. So it's just funny because there are people who like will talk to you about parenting and you're like, dude, you don't have a fucking, are you really having this conversation with me? When the fuck were you up at 3 a.m. cleaning up vomit and you know, still had to get up at seven to, you know, do whatever you needed to do, whatever. You My know girlfriend's what watching this being like, don't tell him that, yeah, don't tell him yeah, that. Whatever, dude, I'm keeping it real. <laughs> Aside from that last answer. Well, this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> and I hope you don't mind. Yeah. Before, when I'm at that moment where I'm there, I'm yeah. gonna put the call into you and I'm gonna be like, Jay. I need to know the real answer. Yo, my boy that works at a car wash once told me it has to do with spoons under a pillow. I'll just leave it at that. You know, so something in his nationality, it it, literally, it had to do with spoons under a pillow. I have no idea. And he would totally, because he was trying to get me to go for the girl. So he would be like, you got to do this. Did you want a girl? Did you not care? Um, Dude, I couldn't be happier with my two little maniacs. I mean, I, I, I would... I I feel like you're blessed when you you know when you're fortunate enough to have children, right? Yeah, so a big yeah. a big fear of mine was always not being able to have kids. Like as a kid, I'd be like, you know what? Really? Yeah, I was something weird as a kid that I was like, you know, I hope one day I'm able to have kids. Wow. Yeah. So why, I why I don't know, just something that I thought about that I thought that you know I think it's it's an amazing gift. Like yeah. I said, so I just, you know, it was something that always kind of was in the back of my mind from a young age was, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever have that gift. Um, yeah. I don't know where it came from. I have no idea. And I didn't think about it much until we just got on this topic, but I, I felt that way as, as a younger person that mm-hmm. was not even remotely at a yeah. stage of wanting to have yeah. kids. Um, you know, listen, man, I, I, I love, being a dad, so I, I would love to be a dad to a girl. I just think that I'd have to give her away, away around 12. So I didn't have to deal with, you know. <laughs> that the... <laughs> block of, yeah, that's the thing. Like, exactly. boys seem to be easier. Like, maybe they beat the hell out of each other and fight for like a certain time, but totally. like long term, well, I think they're they, easier. I, anybody I think on the planet would agree with you. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll leave it at that. I, I'm absolutely <laughs> blessed. My wife would love to have a, a, a girl, you mm-hmm. know, yesterday. Our, um, Shooting back to real estate for a second. I want to know. Is this a real estate podcast? I don't even know. I tell you, there's no rules, man. I know. That's what I love. I don't even know what's going to come I out I love next. it. I know. This is great. What, um, I want to kind of know, like, you're doing huge things with Saber, man. Thank you. I Miles appreciate it. Miles to that. I Thank love you. the way you're doing it. I love how you're different than everybody else, Thank which is you. super cool. What's the future look like? Yeah, man. So, you know, for me, it's interesting because I got into real estate again. Like I always had an interest in commercial real estate, but it's not like I grew up saying I want to be in commercial real estate. Right. It happened again at a funky stage based on a tragedy and, you know, a lot of changes going on. 
And when I kind of learned that people owned shopping centers, I was like, wait a minute, that's crazy. Like a person owns that? Mm-hmm. That's nuts. I want to do that. And he's right? just like us. It, it, She's ex- just like exactly, us. Exactly, which yeah. was crazy, right? So um, so for me, though, as you could see by the company, it's like I'm not solely here to do real estate. I'm a creative. And the cool thing about what I, again, this is my perception, um, your kind of business is your life in the sense that what you're passionate about in life is who you represent and deal with on today, a daily basis. Today, you know, so, but it, it's it's like you have to do things that you don't want to do to get to a point where you can do things that you actually want to do, right? So that's been, been an evolution and that's not to say that I don't want to, uh, you know, I brought Chipotle to Long Island and rolled out their strategy and, and that was awesome. That was kind of, you know, start, That's sick. Yeah, it was awesome. And that was one of my first experiences where I found a company, actually while I was in L.A., um, and discovered them and was, like, dead set on bringing them to, to mm-hmm. New York. And I didn't realize that that was possible until I did it. You know what I mean? But I, I had this blind, you know, optimism, again, where I just... But, it, you know, here's the, here's the real secret. And if I'm being honest, I... Do like I will do all the work up front. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down with a potential client, they're like, "Did you do all of this just to sit down to like have a discussion about possibly yeah, working together?" Because nobody. I'm does like, that. "Yeah, of course I did." They're like, "Holy shit!" Like, I could only imagine what you'll do for us if we hire you. Yeah. So, and the reason that I got really good at the work was because I was doing that nonstop for yeah. every company. Some of them would hire me, some of them wouldn't hire me, and I got really, really good at it. Um, and that, and that's how I built my company. We're very good at what we do. The world is changing, though, right? Very so, fast. And that's where you know to to kind of circle back to your question. You know, the future for us is again rep- working with companies uh, that that are looking to expand and grow and scale. Okay, so. It used to be, again, when I started in the business, all I knew was Long Island and it was my backyard and I would basically speak to a company and I would say, "Um, are you guys looking to come to Long Island? And they would be like, no. I'd say, okay, well, when do you think? Uh, Maybe never. And I'm like, okay, off to the next one. Mm -hmm. As I started to do really well in a small geography, I started to realize that I needed to expand, right? So on many levels, right? So expand in my own knowledge, right? So learn beyond Long Island. So mm-hmm. I started, I actually, um, I started to make a name for myself the first five years in the business after Starbucks and Chipotle and several several other kind of high profile accounts. And then all the big guys came knocking. So the CBs, mm-hmm. the, the Cushmans, the JLLs. Long story short, uh, five years into working at Breslin, I ended up uh, taking a deal to go to CB. Um, got a, a, a big signing bonus, health insurance. And mind you, I'm 29 now, and I'm like, no health insurance. I'm a cowboy. I'm like rogue. Mm-hmm. Couldn't give a shit, you know, doing the craziest shit, snowboarding like the back bowls at Vail with no health insurance. Couldn't care less. No helmet, no nothing. Nothing. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, which is why I knew I needed to like settle down, right? Um, so I did that and I saw that as an opportunity. That was my grad school, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I became the top producer at Breslin, which was a 
company that pioneered uh, yeah. uh, uh, what we do. And a lot of the who's who in the industry have come out of Breslin to the point where it's referred to as Breslin University. Yeah. So um, the fact that I was the top producer at that company at 29 was not a happy thing for me. It was a sad thing. It was like, I'm wasting my time if I'm already at the top of the game somewhere because I should not be. Somebody sub 30 should not be the top producer, in my opinion. Like, yeah. well, I think it, it just meant it was time to graduate for me. Oh, that's what I was going to say. You know, move on. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. So I guess I want to kind of, I want to clo- kind of close out with this. There's sure. a lot of people that, again, that see what you do, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, you can make a lot of money. It's sexy, all the all the great things, right? They don't see the 18 year grind. Sure. But there's a lot of people that are sitting there. There's a realtor sitting there who's like, I love to do commercial real estate, but how the hell would I ever get a Starbucks or a this or a that? Like, what do you say to that person? If you're not specialized in exactly that, right, which is understanding how to design rollout strategies for companies mm-hmm. and executing them, you're never going to get a client of that magnitude. And and so so that's that's one answer, right? Okay. Which is reality. Okay, so if I never decided I was going to go into this this niche of the real estate mm-hmm. business, I would never have developed the skill set, learned from other people that do that, mm-hmm. and it's a very niche. Business. There are not many people who do it. So, I mean, and, like, and there's even less people who actually do it really well. So, I'm take, take it from like a totally green standpoint. Yeah. Like they've never really done a deal before, but yeah. they're like, they have this vision of you and greatness. And they're yeah. like, how the hell could I ever be on that guy's level? Whether it's an office, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, okay, which cat? Right. Yeah, yeah, easy. So, sure. Category. So, go work for a company and hopefully find a mentor yeah. that's really, really good at whatever it is that you want to be good at one day, right? So, and Gary V talks about like, people should be paying people like myself to work for them as opposed to me paying them to work for me. And I think that's an interesting mindset and I think that Gary's onto something with that because, you know, maybe these parents who are paying for their kids to get into colleges should actually pay uh, high level, you know, people that are in an industry that they want their kids to go into. Uh, They'll probably learn a lot more and it's, uh, it's not as scummy. Um, but you know, again, it's it's all about you gotta. If you want something bad enough, you gotta you, you gotta just fucking go all in, right? And and you know, but the the challenge is in our niche. Uh, just to go back to what we actually do, it's very challenging to even get to the table for a pitch for a company like Starbucks in a geography, a specific geography, because there's going to be three or four best in class companies that. They're gonna that they're they're gonna interview. Yeah. It's very simple. They're not interviewing somebody that's not from a known entity, which is why when I started my company, it was almost psychotic. It was you know to to have the ambition that I have to invest the money that I have, borrow the money and invest the money that I have. Um, you know, uh, I just again, it's back to the the like failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. Everybody and, and everybody that was a principal of a competing firm was you know calling me trying to talk me out of it because they knew I'd fucking pull it off. Not because they you know actually thought that it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea for them. Yeah. I mean, basically, people. The moral <laughs> of the story is: don't have a plan B because plan A should be the only option. Failure is an option, and it all comes down to, are you willing to bleed for it? How bad do you really want it? Yo, you're the fucking man. You're the man. I appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you, man. 
Thank you this for playing therapist for me. Of course. And getting that out. Um, I'm going to follow you on Instagram now. Please do. <laughs> if you have a house or something you want to sell, <laughs> just call me. 516-777-SOUL. That's a wrap. Me llamas a la torre, así me llamo 